Hello and welcome to the Just Skimming the Surface podcast. I'm your host, W. Skim Milk, here with Anders today. Hi, how's it going? Great. <laughs> How are you doing today, Anders? Fantastic. Good, good. Thanks for having me. No, not, not a problem. So I know a few things that you do on campus is you are history education, right? Yeah. History education, and then you're also involved in acapellas. Mm-hmm. What else do you do here on campus? Um, those are pretty much it. Um, recently, I was actually a TA in uh, one of my history classes uh, for Patrice Olson. Me and her have had like a really good relationship over the past couple semesters, and I really wanted to like help out and kind of see what it's like to be a professor. So I wanted yeah, I filled definitely. out the I filled out the application to be a TA, and she accepted me, and I just had a really good experience and. A person that I can rely on for uh, letters of rec now, so that's oh, yeah. pretty good. Always good to build up like those, those people that you can always mm-hmm. have for references and letters of recommendation and just people that you can talk to when you're teaching mm-hmm. to get feedback on for lessons and everything. Yeah, I'm going to try and draw on at least some, some of the relationships I've made here. Um, it's been four years and I've been fortunate enough to uh, make relationships with a couple of my professors and I'm really glad that I, I've done that because now I have I wouldn't so call them friends but like colleagues in the yeah. professional community that will help me out later in life and <clears throat> I just think resources and yeah stuff. really really good resource um, resource hub so definitely looking forward to it so what really got you into the history education what made you want to be a history teacher um first uh, initially it was I've been really fortunate to have uh, a lot of um, very passionate and caring teachers in in my past, and they always invested a lot of time in helping me out. And I was like, "That's super cool," and I really want to do that. And I wanted to become an actor in college, but oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the skill set for that. So I was like, "All right, teaching is kind of like acting. You're in front of an audience every day. Yeah, you're, you're having fun. You got a script. Yeah, you got time. yeah, exactly. You got a script, and that slowly gets easier as you go on. And oh yeah, it just I don't know. It just seemed like a really Good fit, and as I've gone through four years at ISU, I, uh, I'm, fe- I, I'm feeling like validated. So oh, yeah. I'm really happy about that. So, did you always want to be a teacher? Yeah, or, like that was always something. That there was like a moment in high school where I wanted to be uh, a marine biologist, marine but then I, biologist. but then I like really put in perspective, and I was like, I don't want to be staring at tide pools for the first like eight <laughs> years of my life. It's always funny to look back on like what you wanted to be when you were a kid. Like I wanted to be an astronaut for the longest time. <laughs> And then as soon as I, like, had a concept of money mm-hmm. and how necessary it is to survive, I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> and here I am, theater education, where you won't make any money. <laughs> hey, man, it's not the salary. It's not about the money. not about the I money. <laughs> it's not about the money. It's about the experience and, like, just being able to inspire the students. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to history education, I don't know like how your guys' classes go because I'm not history education, mm-hmm. obviously. Theater Ed has our own theater education classes, so I would assume History Ed has history education yeah. classes. So like, what the process is, it's like it's methods courses mixed in with content. So okay. for example, uh, right now I am at the end of my like my journey at the moment. So right now I'm taking. Uh, history 390, which is the methods course, and mm-hmm. first semester I took history 290, which was like the history and world history uh, pedagogy and methods, and then this 390 is like all the other social sciences. So you do that, and then right now I'm taking like a Latin American uh, military dictatorships class, uh, and then 
every every history major is required to do a senior seminar. Oh yeah. So I'm in that right now. Finished up my thesis. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's a lot. <laughs> um, keeps you on your toes, but I ha- let's, let's put it this way: I haven't felt like my time has been wasted. Okay, so it definitely feels like work. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm engaging in a professional community, and it's really beneficial. Whether that be like doing teaching stuff or just purely history stuff, um, I think that's what ISU does a really, really, really good job at: is preparing you for. Whatever, it's like especially in education, they do a really good job of preparing you for what you're going to experience and putting you in and putting you and getting your uh, hands-on experience like right away. Like oh, yeah. I've I've already besides like what uh, two nineteen or two sixteen two sixteen uh, with you high, I did that. I've gone back and done various like assessment activities with a specific teacher. I've gone to see football games. I've um, I, we did this thing called Capital Forum, which is like a big conference for high school history students, like the best of the best. And oh, yeah. their teachers nominate them and they come down and then like we talk about um, like world issues, like uh, the topics were like genocide, um, like domestic terrorism, climate change, like all like all those big things. Oh, crazy. And like my class is split up into different groups and we're supposed to lead one of the case studies and, and then we're, we get... Uh, a cooperating teacher who's also at the conference with us and they get to help us design all our stuff and kind of guide us along the way along the way so i've had like a lot of yeah it sounds like you've been really prepped for your your yeah. career when you started what next year you student yeah, teach yeah starting in the fall fall student teaching mm-hmm. that's gonna be really exciting um i'm excited it's just it's all coming at once <laughs> all of it at once the thing i find most interesting about the history education path is that when you get history education, when you get the degree, you're able to teach so many other things mm-hmm. too, right? You're allowed to yeah. do like social studies or geography. Yeah, or, uh, it's basically all the social science. science. Yeah. yeah, it's all the social sciences. Um, I'm not gonna say I can teach them well, but oh, yeah, I, I can. Course. I can. There's some I can teach better than others, and mm-hmm. but I, I like having that like vast amount of subjects I can teach. Yeah, that degree just makes you so much more marketable. Right? Yeah. And I was worried because I didn't have, like, I didn't come into college with a minor. And I tried picking up another minor, and I was like, nah, it's just too, like, I couldn't do it. So I dropped that. And then as I've talked to more and more people, they're like, oh, you're fine. You got oh, yeah, a bunch of other classes that you can do. Yeah, with all the stuff that you're learning. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a couple other history education friends who, mm-hmm. who they just talk about, like, I took one class in this sort of field, and now I can teach it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's just like, oh, Why? It's just like, it's kind of it's kind of hard because teaching is really about being in that classroom and yeah. figuring out what those students need to learn for that specific thing. So it's like even if you don't have as much experience, there's still opportunity for you to learn as a teacher as you're teaching them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can, I had I had one of those experiences just recently. Look back at U High, um, I had to teach on the Trojan War. I had to learn about the Trojan War for maybe about 15 minutes in high yeah. school. And I and I didn't think I could confidently teach it, but like you just learn to be one step ahead. Yeah, you don't have to be, you don't have to know everything. You just got to be one step ahead of the kids. Mm-hmm. You got to have like the activities planned out. You got to teach the skills. And when it's when it's a topic that I don't really know that well, I don't. Fo- I focus um, more on skills than I do on content. Oh yeah, just because I don't want to get shown up by some kid in the classroom <laughs> that knows like, that, well. that knows better that knows a lot more than I do. <laughs> 
That would be so, embarrassing. So through your college career, you've done a lot of that history stuff, like you said, you TA'd. Mm-hmm. But you're also involved at acapellas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's an acapella group here on campus, all-male acapella group. And you guys are fantastic. You've thank done you. all sorts of gigs thank you, thank and you. all sorts of... You've hosted ICCA, mm-hmm. everything like that. Your concerts are always really good. What? How did you find acapellas on campus being a history education major um well secondary dominance the girls acapella group they yeah. came to my high school the year before and they and they had uh they told me and they were like they told our class they're like yeah there's a girls group and there's an all guys group and I, I was intrigued then and i was like okay i'll check that out when i'm there and then in the fall i hadn't really seen anything and i was just walking aimlessly on campus one day and i looked down and they had chalked on the quad like the place and the time of the auditions and i was See, like so chalking on the quad there it, yeah so chalking on the quad works i'm a big i'm a big supporter of that because anytime they've kiboshed it i'm like no we have to chalk we the quad. have to do it and we get a kid every year that saw the chalk on the quad so yeah it works but so yeah, you saw the chalk and mm-hmm. you just showed up at the audition yeah and- showed up um was very i'm not a proficient musician so it was a little difficult. I had Christian Larios help me out. Oh yeah, um, uh, he helped me every step of the way, and I just I thank him for it. I do it now, <laughs> like yeah, because I was really fortunate to be able to get lucky and get it in the first time, and and then make all these great experiences going down the line. So yeah, definitely. So has music also been one of your passions for a while? Or oh was yeah, it just something you're like, I want to try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in high school. I got involved in choir my sophomore year. Okay. And because my friend was in it, and he was talking to the teacher at like the freshman orientation, like that thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, like they right. have for like incoming freshmen coming yeah. from eighth grade. Like I was working that, I was doing the soccer table, and I was talking to my friend who's a big football guy, but he was also in choir. And I was like, Ray does choir? Like <laughs> this big jockey football kid is up there singing on stage. And I was like, all right, if he can do it, I can do it. So. I went and talked to the teacher, and he was all happy and gung-ho about it, and then he enrolled me for the next semester, and then I stood in it, and and I was in choir, and then I got into the upper-level choir, and then I was uh, in the musical a couple nice. times, and then I was in show choir, so I, and it was something I didn't really do a lot in the beginning, and now I just went like all out, yeah, and no, it's got, was involved in almost everything that yeah. I could, and along with that... I was also, with all, along with all the music stuff, I was in like soccer at the time. I was in art. I was in, um, like honor society. So yeah, it was so crazy. As someone who's a going to be a teacher, and you were a student who was involved, how do you plan on encouraging your students to become more involved like you were? Um, I'm. I just personally think that it. It hopefully. I'll hopefully influence them by like modeling because I want to be involved um, and like help out with all the different clubs at all the different schools that I end up working at. Like, I really want to get involved in not only the academic side but also the social side, so I can build those relationships and hopefully they can see me and see how I'm willing to go out and try new things and hopefully they'll follow suit and be like, hey, I'm gonna try that out and maybe I'll even call upon when I'm new to the school, I'll call upon certain students and ask them like, hey, where's the What's cool around here? Like, what what are you interested in? Like, what are people what like what's what are people's favorite things to do? And then hopefully get involved that way. Oh yeah, definitely. So with your students being involved, what what do you think is really the benefit for them to do that? Because I know that takes a lot of their time out of their yeah. day for homework. 
why, I mean, why is it important for them to be involved in this? I mean, not only does it keep them busy and like gets them busy with things that are productive and are and they can like put their creativity and um their passion into it, and it's just a really good outlet for them because I understand that school can be kind of monotonous, but oh, yeah. it's also a place where all your friends are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's just like a good place to meet people and. Like I said, showcase your talents. Like, there's a couple kids that I went to high school with, and I was like a couple years older, and I saw them in different classes, and I was like, "You would have never known that that kid is like a fantastic artist if you would have never like gone in and seen and like followed him around." Like, yeah, if you wouldn't have encouraged them. Yeah, to find he, that outlet. He like a kid that was having trouble in the classroom would excel in the arts and or in singing. Oh, yeah, or, definitely. Or like, or uh, like like woodshop or anything like that like just any place that allows them to use their talents like non-academic talents it's just i think it's really beneficial for them because i don't know it's a good it's their stage to like flaunt and show up i think that's like really cool everyone likes to do that oh yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) so what would you say is uh something that you've benefited most from your extracurriculars here in college such as acapellas i think it's just getting me comfortable talking to a lot of people i'm gonna be a teacher, so I'm gonna be talking to a lot of people, talking to a lot of parents that I might not really know um, very well uh, in the beginning. So Acapellas has really encouraged me to push myself and put myself in the uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. and kind of go outside my boundaries and talk, to, like put myself out there and talk to the person that I wouldn't normally um, associate myself with. But um, I don't know. It's just. It's, it's a good preparer. It's really gotten me focused and working on making relationships. And uh, being an exec member this year has taught me how to be a leader um, and lead by example, which was very hard sometimes <laughs> because I like to mess around and fool around too and oh, yeah, have fun. But it, there's a moment of time where you got to be the example. Mm, definitely. And I think Acafellas has really helped me find that fine line. Yeah, are you sad to go? This is your last year. Oh yeah, I was I, I was a bit sad at the end of the concert on sa- uh, last Saturday. So, but right now, based on all my schoolwork, I'm glad it's over for right now. It's just like, like I'll miss a lot it. Of stress yeah, I'll, I'll miss it when I'm back at home not doing anything. But when you're in that environment, sometimes it's a little stressful. And oh yeah, you, and you kind of snip at your friends, and you don't really like that when you when you have to snip at your friends. But you got to be there's a fine line between being a good friend and a and a good leader. So and I and I have a lot of trouble trying to find that fine line. And I some the friend suffers sometimes, and sometimes the leadership suffers depending on what I decide to do. So it's really helped me hold myself to a standard and keep that standard for as long as I can. Yeah. How do you think your college experience would be different if you weren't in the acapellas this whole time? I just think I would be uh, less outgoing and kind of more of a hermit. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> these guys are always keeping me on my toes. They're always like, come here, come hang out with us here, or let's do this, um, or let's work on this project, or or whether at rehearsal or we're preparing for something. Like I hang out with these guys all the time, and I really could not imagine my, my college years without these type of friends, like the ones you're really close to and you share similar talents and you share similar likes and you really bond over that. So I feel like I'd be a lot more of a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, feel that. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite experiences you've had with the group? Um, personally, I real every year, you saw it on, 
on Wednesday, we uh, we always make an Acapellas video, yeah. and it's always based on a theme for our concert. And because year, in years past, we've had The Bachelor, we've had uh, like Paranormal Activity. Last year was <laughs> Ak Avengers, and this year was The Hunger Games. And me and my friend Evan Galermo really like we work really well together on those type of projects. Uh, he's really good at editing, and he's like part director, and I'm the other part director, and. It's really it's really cool to see like our our interests come together and um, make a really cool piece of artwork. Um, it's pretty dumb. Yeah. Uh, it encompasses the silliness of our group, but uh, yeah, I love doing it. It's, it's it's one of my favorites. Maybe dumb, but it's like it's like fun for you guys. It's a good yeah, experience. and everyone loves coming out and and seeing it. Like I, that was the first like public showing we had, mm-hmm. and they and, and it was just really well received. Uh, it was great, dressed up and everything. <laughs> For the premiere, it, it was, was really great. funny. I, I really enjoyed it personally seeing it. Thank it's you. just like the Hunger Games thing was really cool. I loved the Ak Avengers last mm-hmm. year; it was awesome because <laughs> I was in it <laughs> for a second. But no, I, I thought I think they're really awesome ideas in the way that you incorporate them into your guys' concerts. It's yeah, just, it's cool to have like that other sort of media to kind of. I guess bridge the gaps between songs. It really helps with transitions, yeah. and and it really brings the audience into it. That it, it shows your quirkiness, your guys's humor. Yeah, you know? it gives it gives a nice break because yeah, you're there for a concert. You're there to hear music, but like I don't know, it's what gives us personality and what makes us different mm-hmm. um, than all the, than all the other choirs. And all the other choirs have their own thing that they do that makes their own thing unique. And that's what I think is really cool about this community. It's like, we all do the same thing, but no two groups are alike. They they have different people, they have a different vibe, and they do different music. But they're all unique in a, in a really cool way. And we all come together as a community to like support each other. And I, I've always thought that's really been cool. Oh, yeah. So how do you balance like the stress of your homework and the stress of having to go with this group to compete at... ICCA, which is the biggest like college acapella competition. Uh, like, well, you learn to manage your time. Um, if you know you got something big coming up on the weekend, you you crunch hard early in the week and get all your stuff done so you can have that weekend free. And I did that a bunch of times this year. I I was I overbooked my schedule first semester and was taking like 17, 18 credit hours, mm-hmm. and it was a little a little a little hard oh, with yeah. everything because it's like. Senior year, trying to get everything wrapped up. A lot of classes are requiring you to go on like bus trips now to get like teaching experience, and then pile that on with extracurriculars. And you wanna you wanna be able to give uh, give an equal amount of effort to both things. Oh yeah. And you wanna be trying your best at all of them. So I wanna I've always been encouraged to kind of tweak my schedule and manage my time in order so I in order I in order for me to be able to dedicate um, 100% of my effort towards both of these things because I'm going to school for academics but I'm also I also want to have fun too so I I really want to do 100% and put 100% effort into anything I'm in and just make sure that it doesn't suffer and that I I don't know that I just keep up the effort for as long as I'm in it so you guys go on high school tours as well Mm -hmm. like you said SD coming to tour at your high school was a big factor in you finding out about mm-hmm. the extracurricular acapella community here at ISU. So how do you sort of advertise the, the group to the students that you perform for? Um, so what I do, uh, this was my job this year as vice president, um, 
as vice president, you schedule a tour and you get in contact with different schools. So what I did was I sent out, I got all the, all the guys, all the guys in the group. Um, they told me their, their high school teacher and where they went to high school. So I took that and I messaged all of them individually. And then I asked them what their schedule was on the, on the Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of Thanksgiving break. And whatever they told me, I, I put for say like these uh, six schools told me they wanted us to come Monday and two schools told us they want us to come Tuesday well Tuesday's a little light so I ask guys from that area hey is there any other high schools in that area that'd be interested so they give me more high school names and I message those guys and then I just talked to more and more uh, <clears throat> more and more teachers until I got a pretty uh, pretty full schedule and it's always a great response whenever we go they always are super yeah it sounds like everyone really enjoys it yeah the audiences are really really energetic and enthusiastic even though we're there at like seven yeah, in the morning sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they really want to they're really enthusiastic about it and these are music kids that are genuinely interested in this stuff and it's really cool to see that much passion in young people yeah do you have any advice for like group other groups that go on tours to high schools and stuff um, just go and um, go and see as many schools as you can. Um, they they all appreciate the the time that you're that you're taking, and it's really cool. And especially for education majors, they that's when they can use that time to kind of make connections and kind of meet like the head of the like the principal of the school or different teachers and kind of get get your name in. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a really good networking possibility there. What other ways have you networked besides the Acafellas high school sort of thing with your history education track? Um, I've just kept in touch with all my um, old high school teachers, and my mom is an educator. Uh, she's a kindergarten aide, so she's got lots of friends in different districts, and I talk to them, and got a couple neighbors who are high school teachers in, at uh, Fremd in Palatine and uh, nice. Buffalo Grove. So, so you've got a lot of really close connections. Yeah, and which is really cool. Um, and I got multiple connections in the same school, so that's that's really helpful. Like at Buffalo Grove, my my neighbor is the dean, but my all my uncles and my dad went there, so I, I can walk in there and see my my name on the valedictorian, my last name on the valedictorian wall. I can see my dad in the soccer pictures, and and also my friend's dad is the head of the history department over there, so that's fun. So I just really keep it in touch, and I don't know, like. Just updating people on where you're where you're at. Like I, I recently just emailed my old old high school principal because he's now the district district office head. Oh, so I was nice. like, Hey man, um, I'm on my student teaching now. Was wondering uh, what's the teacher situation looking like <laughs> in your area. So, Please give me a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll he'll tell me and he's like, We'll keep you in, we'll, uh, we'll keep you in mind. So let me know when you're all done and we'll get your application. Yeah, so, it's all looking. It's all looking good for me so far. Um, now it's just actually getting the job. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and that's after student teaching and everything. Yeah. Got to pass that TPA and all that. <laughs> Don't remind me about that TPA. <laughs> so, do you have any like final thoughts or advice about education, teaching, being involved in extracurriculars, any of that? Um, with teaching, I just gotta say is just be flexible. Um, it's a really an amorphous career no class is going to be the same and no kid is going to learn the same so you got to be able you got to be able to and willing to kind of change what you do in order to directly meet the needs of all your kids because 
let's say one kid learns best through lecture, but six others learn best through visual aid and videos. So that day you might want to rely more on videos than, than your old fashioned lecture and kind of like go and search up different lesson ideas to kind of pull different, to kind of pull from different teachers on the internet and just kind of craft a curriculum of your own. Um, that can definitely change from year to year. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's just a little hard to to expect the same results from different classes using oh, the same yeah. the same the same pedagogy. And yeah, the same you're not gonna have the same students. Every yeah, you're year, not gonna you know? not even from year to year. Yeah, it's not gonna be the same. There might be similarities here and there, but like for the most part, everyone's gonna be a little bit different. Yeah, and with technology and everything always changing, we got to stay up on that so that you can <clears throat> integrate that into your lessons properly. Yeah, technology right? is another part that I'm I'm working on, but mm-hmm. we're getting there. I'll, I'll eventually get there. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This leads into kind of the new bit I was talking to you about. I wanted to start a new bit mm-hmm. on the podcast called a skim through. Okay, so what a skim through is is we find a piece of media uh, with a story, so that can be a book, a movie, a TV series, it could even be a video game or a play, anything that has a story to it. And we just, from the best of our memory, sort of explain the story. <laughs> because <laughs> Just Skimming the Surface is about stories and experience with those stories. All right. So you told me the other day that Toy Story <laughs> is probably one of your favorite movies. Yeah, dude, that was a that movie was a real was one of my favorites when I was a kid. I had like McDonald's toys that were Woody and Buzz. I had the Woody and Buzz pajamas. It was it was the whole nine yards. I, I used to love that movie. All right, so here is a skim through of Toy Story. Okay, so from what I can remember, it starts up and he's playing with his toys, right? Okay, so he's playing with he's got a cowboy. His name is Woody. Okay. And he's playing with Mr. Potato Head, which I don't believe was an actual... Was he an actual toy before this movie? I think he was. I think he was. I definitely okay. I think, think he was. I think he was the only one, one that really was, yeah. And so so he's one of the actual toys. He's got like all these pieces that come off. He's a potato with holes in it. And, and then it's his birthday. plastic pieces on. Yeah, it's Andy's birthday. It's his okay. birthday. And then... Andy's birthday. And like, so he's playing with these toys and his mom's like, hey, come downstairs. We got to set up for the party or something. Okay, it's a... All of a sudden, the toys come to life. It's like, whoa, man, these toys are alive. All right? So they, they have this meeting, which is really the funny. The main plot. It's really funny. They have this meeting about how the, there's a birthday party coming up, and there's going to be new toys coming in. So this already is an awesome concept where it's just like, oh, man, what do we do when he gets new toys? Because then we, come, we become old new. You know? So it makes sense. It makes sense. They're preparing for the future. <laughs> so he's like... Okay, don't worry, guys. There's going to be, you know, sure, there's going to be new toys, but Andy's always played with us. He enjoys us. You know, he's not going to get rid of us. And then they're all like, well, you know, you've always been Andy's favorite toy. You'll and be this fine. was before the internet. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> before the, you could just buy things on Amazon and have something new every week. But <laughs> you had to wait for your birthdays to get toys. <laughs> and so they're just like, oh, man, you're, you're his favorite toys. You don't got to worry about anything. So this is definitely foreshadowing. You can already tell. It's just like, man, favorite toy. Psh, pshaw. Wait till the <laughs> birthday happens. All right? All right. Um, and then so the birthday party happens. Finally comes. And I, 
this scene I just totally I remember so vividly. They're walking in, the kids are getting out of the car, and they each have their toys, and they're, they're looking All these through presents, binoculars, yeah. and they're describing the packages. And my fa- one of my favorite lines is like, oh, we got a small bag. And the kid turns, and it's a giant, it's like, super so long, they super all freak long out. box. They're like, oh, no, it's yeah, a big toy. They all freak out. Because <laughs> the size, of the size of the toy matters. So then, so everyone, so all the toys are in. And then they send these army men on a recon mission. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> to go men. scope it out. So they take a baby monitor. <laughs> and they take it, and they hide it in a plant. Yeah. <laughs> They hide it in a plant so that they can hear when and the they, toys are being unwrapped, what they are. And like they're slowly going through everything. Yeah, they're unwrapping all the toys. They're like, oh, it's just a lunchbox. And then lunchbox! So <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lunchbox. They're like, oh, nothing to worry about. And then all of a sudden... There's this last one. The last one. It's a surprise. Like they're, they're It's Andy's all, mom. Yeah, it's Andy's what mom. happens is they open all the gifts... And and they're all like, oh, okay, it's all over. They're like turning everything off. They're getting ready to go, and they're like, hold on, turn it back on. Turn surprise it back gift. On. There's a surprise. Mom's pulling a surprise gift from the closet. <laughs> so she pulls out this this box and it's wrapped in this this nice space like. And it's really good cinematography because yeah. all the kids that crowd around him and you can't oh, see yeah, what it is. And all down. of a sudden you see a shadow of a box. The box goes up. And then and the army says, men, the, the radio cuts out. Yeah, because the, the, the radio, the, the baby monitor falls and, and the, the batteries, batteries come out. And then, out and then the in. pig is trying to put the batteries in. With <laughs> it looks, they're just both going in at the same time. They don't oh. fit. Okay, anyway. So we find out this toy. This self-righteous called, astronaut Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah, Tim Allen plays Buzz Lightyear, uh, the sort of astronaut... Uh, sort of figure and he's got like he can fly and he's got, he's got a voice activated stuff voice so he's like this technological toy like he's ad- more advanced than the other toys because he's got all these different like sounds and lights and effects that he can do so that makes all the other toys like oh no like what are we gonna do <laughs> so he's like moving into their territory <laughs> yeah he's he a new guy in town and since he's a new toy he really thinks he's the real Buzz Lightyear okay he, he doesn't think he's a toy and so they tr- like Woody tries to convince him that he's a toy, and then like Andy chooses Buzz to be his new favorite toy, <laughs> right? Right. So <laughs> while Andy had all this like decoration and all these other things of like Woody and like Woody's roundup and all that stuff, all that goes away. There's like, a montage. There's a montage, montage of just new space stuff. <laughs> All this new Buzz Lightyear sort of uh, paraphernalia all over. Like, he's got bed sheets that say Buzz Lightyear on it. His wallpaper gets changed from clouds and, like, sort of Wild West stuff to space. And it's, it's just, he's really being over dramatic. Yes. Yeah. But we know when we were kids, like, I had Pokemon faces. came out. We're just like, I want Pokemon, Pokemon bed sheets. Star and, Wars. And Yu Gi Oh comes yeah. out. And we're like, I like Yu Gi Oh better. Get rid of the Pokemon things. Those are for kids. So that's basically what this is. So yeah, so then, then like a lot of time passes and Woody gets jealous. Oh, Woody and, gets so jealous. Because all the other toys start accepting toy. him except Woody. Oh yeah. And then there's a moment where, well, because they're moving. Like Andy and his family are moving. Where they're moving, but like the thing is they're going to pizza planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, like, it's like their last, like one of their last times going out. So like we're pizza going to pizza planet. It's like Chuck E. Cheese in this yeah. direction. It's like, yeah. it's like 
Chuck E. Cheese times 10. <laughs> it's so much cooler than Chuck E. Cheese, okay? So, and then his mom tells Andy that he can only bring one toy on to the restaurant. Yeah, and then the the best scene ever in any film is Woody taking that magic eight ball. And he's like, "Will Andy pick me?" And it says, "Don't count on it." He's like, "Don't count on it." <laughs> he throws it away, and then like he hatch, hatches this plot to make Buzz fall behind the dresser yeah. so that Andy can't find him, so that Andy has to take Woody. Well, he accidentally knocks Buzz out the window. And this is where we're introduced to Andy's kleptomaniac neighbor, oh, Sid, yeah. who likes, who's a who's a, a Well, he was, he was introduced a little earlier, uh, before he gets knocked out the window. That's like oh, that's before right. the night up. That's right. Where right, like, right. he like blows up this toy in his backyard. <laughs> Crazy And that kid. sets the scene. Yeah, that sets like a, oh man, this kid's totally going to be the antagonist here. And so this kid blows up a toy, and then that night is yeah. when they go to Pizza Planet. Okay, so Woody knocks Buzz out the window, and then Andy can't find Buzz, so he takes Woody with him. And then they go to Pizza Planet, and Buzz, like, finds the car, the car and gets yeah. in the car. Like, he jumps through, like, the, the back, the trunk. And so they get to Pizza Planet, and uh, there's this huge, like, fight... <laughs> It's, isn't it? It's at the gas station They're first. They're underneath the car. Yeah, they go to the gas station first, and they have, like, the fight at the gas station. And Buzz comes out of the, out of the trunk, and he's obviously been windswept because there's a fly on his, on his helmet. Oh, yeah, and he's, like, fly on his helmet, and they're, like, fighting, like, Woody's like, you are a toy! Some of the best bits of dialogue in the entire movie. <laughs> you are a sad, strange little man. You have my pity. Farewell. And then he tries to go away, but then they start fighting because Woody's like, you don't realize you're a toy. And Buzz is like, I'm not a toy. And then they fight. Okay. And the car leaves. And they're still at at the gas station. They're like, how are we going to get to Pizza Planet? And enter the most iconic vehicle in cinematic history, the The Pizza Pizza Planet Planet truck. (laughs) Enters into the, the gas station. Okay. And then they get onto the Pizza Planet truck. Right? And then... They're like, oh, yeah, this is going to take us back. So Buzz gets in the back seat, seat belt and everything. Yeah. And Woody's like, well, that's stupid. He's going to get caught. So he gets in the back. Trunk. Well, neither of them get caught. But Woody gets, like, Iced destroyed. by a toolbox. He gets <laughs> hit by a toolbox. He gets destroyed in that back seat. While Buzz is just nice and cozy. And then it eventually... They get to Pizza Planet. Yeah, they get to Pizza Planet. Yeah, and they, they, get to they hop out. And they find... They're trying to find Andy. They find they, 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 they end up seeing Andy chilling. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we gotta... We gotta, yeah, we gotta get it. Come on, Buzz. We gotta get into the stroller. But Buzz is still on his, like, space yeah. hero kick. So he hops in this he sees spaceship this crane, bending, yeah, crane, crane bending machine. This crane machine. <laughs> the claw machine. And then With... we meet the best characters in the Disney universe of oh all God. time. The, the, the green the, aliens. The little green men. LGMs, as they're called <laughs> in the uh, the Buzz Lightyear Star Command universe. Um, you'd, you'd understand if you watched that movie. Oh. Buzz Lightyear Star Command is so good. Anyway, <laughs> he hops in there and they're like, oh, wow, we have strangers from the outside. And then they're like, wow, they're so weird. And Woody's freaking out. Buzz yeah. is like, he doesn't really care. Cause he, he's, he's their leader. Yeah, he's their leader. But then the claw, like peace. the real, <laughs> the real leader is the claw. Yeah. Okay. The claw chooses who gets to lead. And all these aliens are so introspective for a kids' oh, yeah. movie. They're very introspective. So the I have this is where we see 
the neighbor kid who blows up toys at Pizza Planet that night too, and he's bashing this one machine with the mallet. It's like the whack-a-mole yeah, 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 yeah. with the aliens. And then he finds the claw machine, and he puts in some money, and he claws one of the aliens, puts it in his bag, and then he sees Buzz Lightyear in there. And he gets Buzz, and then Woody like, like is trying to pull him back war. down, but Woody gets pulled out too. Boom. Then they get taken to Sid's house. This is this is where this is where, it gets this bad. Is where the falling action starts <laughs> to happen. That was like the climax. And we're introduced to an insane group of like toys, oh, like mutant toys that were like so two different toys glued together. These toys were the first were my first nightmares as a child. <laughs> the baby, crazy. With, the baby with the spider legs and the fishing pole with legs. That was <laughs> those were wild. It's absolutely insane. And so like. But uh, Buzz and Woody are just like, oh man, we're gonna die. Mostly Woody's like, we're gonna die. Buzz is just like, well, I've got a laser. It doesn't work because it's just a blinking and light. They're trapped in a milk crate that's turned upside down. <laughs> so no, is it the milk? No, they're in the bag first, and then they try. So yeah, he comes in because yeah, 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 yeah. he gets this package. Yeah, and he opens. He's like the big one. <laughs> it's this <laughs> giant firecracker. It's a giant like mortar and firework. Like, He's like, who am I going to blow up? Oh, I know. It'll be that cowboy doll. <laughs> it's like Woody's like hiding, and so he finds Buzz instead. He's like, I'll blow him up instead. I mean, tapes him up. Yeah, <laughs> tapes him up. But this is after Buzz finds out that he's a toy. This is after oh, Buzz and then goes he has, through his existential yeah, crisis. Yeah, his existential crisis of, I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. Mrs. Nesbitt. I remember being so confused as a kid. Like, what is going that's, on? Like I said, that's the falling action of the movie. Like, he tries to fly and falls and, like, breaks his arm off. Like, he's, he's, he cracks. He's like, he cracks. I'm, I'm not a, he's like, I'm not a toy. I'm the real thing. And he, he's an, he is a toy. Okay. So, like, he's like, he gives up on life because he's not Buzz Lightyear. It gets pretty depressing for a kid's movie. It does. And the I other like, toys won't save them because they think Woody's a murderer. Yeah, but also, disclaimer... Pixar movies always have like that moment of just like really intense depression. Oh, yeah. It's in, this was one of my first, probably the worst ones well, I've been exposed to. This is like one to. of the first Pixar films that Disney did. Yeah, and then the next one was like Nemo's mom dying. Oh yeah, getting that was iced crazy. in the first, <laughs> getting iced in the <laughs> iced first in the... ten minutes, and then you got crazy in Up. And the wife dies. Yeah, that's also in the first ten minutes. Like, Finding Dory. Heck? Dory gets lost. This <laughs> is like the only one that like it happens later, later on in the movie. In the movie. But so Buzz is like all like depressed, so he doesn't care that he has a firecracker on his back. And Woody's trying to save him, but he doesn't care. And um, and all this is happening against the clock, yeah, because they got to make it back to Andy's house before they the movie got. Yeah, they got to make it out to Andy's before they leave. But what happens is they take Buzz outside. Like Sid takes Buzz outside. He's gonna blow him up. Woody gets all the other toys to gang up against Sid. Okay, the, the neighbor kid, Sid. That is right. He gets all the other kids. He does to the exorcist up. head spin. Oh, it's so <laughs> creepy. And these these toys freak Sid out. So they they're all like they've got this cool plan where they're all like set and they like all just come to come, life, come up and from scare the... the hell out of Sid <laughs> <laughs> right before he's supposed to blow up Buzz. And so they're like, oh, no. Like, he, So he screams and runs inside after Woody's head like turns around and he talks to him. And so they're like, oh, we're free. We did it. And then they're like, well, oh, no, the moving band's leaving. What are they going to do? And so eventually they, they start running towards the van. They're like, oh, no, 
we're not gonna make it. Well, the other toys at Andy's house still think that Woody's a murderer. Yeah. They thought that he killed Buzz. And so he gets he gets to the van and he opens it up and he takes out um, so Woody's able to get to the van, but Buzz isn't. Yeah. So he opens up one of the boxes, takes out the RC car. car. Yeah. I had one of those too. I did too. It was so cool. <laughs> he takes out the RC car and he pushes it off, and have all the other toys are freaking like, out. Ah! They're like, "You're murdering another toy." <laughs> Very and morbid. So he's like trying to drive RC back with Buzz. He's got he's got Buzz, but then they throw Woody off oh. of the uh, they throw Woody off of the truck. And so the car's getting chased by the the dog. That's yeah, the Sid's dog. Sid's dog is chasing. Poorly dog. rendered dog. <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> this thing's chasing the the RC car with them on it, and then eventually they get the dog stuck in traffic because they cause a. a oh, good. An accident. Oh, that's right. They cause they, a pile of. They, they cause like three cars to crash into each other and box this dog in so it can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just like never brought up again as they drive away on the, still on the in the thing. rc car still in the rc car the rc car runs out of batteries they're like how are we gonna make it back to the truck and woody's like oh we're we gonna light this. we're gonna light this firecracker <laughs> so they light the firecracker and it Zoom! zooms <laughs> off and they fly into the air they drop the RC car back into the movie and it truck la- it nails yeah, potato it head lands. Yeah, <laughs> it, it absolutely hits potato head smashes him knocks him out and they're just like Buzz you just missed the truck <laughs> Buzz is like we're not we're aiming, aiming for, for the, the truck, truck. <laughs> and then they fly into the car into the car and, and they do like a loop de loop and they just zoop, yeah right loop de loop right into the box in in the car and right next he's to like mom I fucking knew in the car the whole time it's like they were right on top of the box like how wouldn't you see them earlier <laughs> and so they find the they, they find the kid they're back home it pans away they're in a new house away, yeah, and this is where we find out that Toy Story is actually a Christmas movie yeah <laughs> yeah it is a Christmas one of my favorite Christmas movie. movies <laughs> so, so it's Christmas house. time and. They get a dog. Yep, yep. They get a dog. And they get uh, a dog, and so because they're doing the whole thing like they did for the birthday party with yeah. the different with the two baby monitors and the the soldiers brought it out. And so they're Christmas listening presents to, out this time. Yeah, they're listening to Christmas presents. So everything comes full circle, right? <laughs> great, great writing, great cinematography. Okay, and uh, they're like, "Oh, we're listening to toys, a puppy," and they're like. What? Like, oh no, he has a puppy. He's not going to like want to play with us anymore. So and then, then the final shot is a nice then, rack focus of the window. Yeah. And so all then the Christmas like lights. Up, they're like, a puppy. And then and it zooms, zooms back in. in. <laughs> Buzz and Woody like, oh no. Uh, and that's that's where it ends. And, and then they go on to make three more. Three more movies, yep. And the fourth one's coming out soon. I'm yeah. excited to hear that. I want to see it. <laughs> so rekindle all the childhood. We hope that we did a good job of explaining this, like a nice skim through of that <laughs> for a skim through of a was. Toy Story. So, what can we learn from a Toy Story? Um, there are a lot of different things. Um, don't be jealous of flashy people. <laughs> Keep up with you know you know yeah it's like. The world around you is always going to change. Uh, you don't have to change for it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, you're never too cool to play with toys. Oh, yeah. 
Um, treat your toys nice. Yeah. You know, treat treat them well. There's a lot of different lessons there. I, I feel like if I go back and watch this movie, it's gonna there's gonna be like some underlying <laughs> we probably, meaning, we meaning. probably missed so much. We could probably find conspiracy theories on uh, honestly, on the internet. We could see what happens. <laughs> Well, I think I think that was pretty good for our first uh, first shot at that bit there. Um, so thanks so much, Anders, for coming on and doing the very first skim through, and uh, thank you so much for talking to me about education. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. And with that, we are just skimming the surface. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. Don't forget to like W Skim Milk on Facebook and to check out WSkimMilk.com for more about me. This has been Wesley W. Skim Milk Skim. Have a great night.